Welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. The purpose of our show is to basically have fun talking about small businesses. Hey, hey that's, uh, that's a big surprise, isn't it? <laughs> we define small business as companies from 1 to 25 employees. They can be in any business, any industry. They can be any dollar size. We've got some pretty big ones that are way off the radar. You don't normally expect from a, a smaller employment-wise type company. But uh, we have fun doing this. I, I, my name's Jack Mancini, and I'm a partner in Maximum Value Partners. And I'm here with my partner. There's two of us that make up Maximum Value Partners. His name is Adam Sunhalder. We're business coaches. And an MVP, Maximum Value Partners, is a coaching company. Another surprise, right? <laughs> and uh, we, we've been together over 15 years. And we have seen an awful lot in the small business world, owning and operating companies ourselves, coming from a big corporate background at first, but for the last 15, 18 years, it's been small business all the way. And uh, we love it. We love what the small business owner does. We don't like how they, they aren't supported as well as they should be in our Congress, but that's a story for another time. And right now, we're here to talk about well, small of, business stuff. That's right. Lots of small business stuff, and we've been doing this sh- the show for a while now. And the big part of the show, the reason why we, why we created this show, was to share a lot of those dirty secrets of small business. It can be very, very lonely as the owner of a company, and you think that maybe you're the only person ever going through something like this. And while your situation is unique, um, there are a lot of the folks have been through situations that are very similar to yours. And there's ways to, to work your way through it, to be able to seize an opportunity, to be able to, to kind of fight through a challenge, whatever whatever it is that you're facing day-to-day in your business. help It helps to know that you're not alone. And a big reason why Jack and I started this show was to help to share a lot of those stories. And it's not only sharing our own personal experiences of, of having owned and operated 20 companies, but the hundreds and hundreds of clients that we've helped from, from our, our, our business coaching. And we like to share a lot of those stories. And that's what we'll do here today. We'll, we, have a, we have a story here that we're, that we're going to share and kind of walk you through. Uh, before I get there, though, I want to let you know, as, as always, you're always welcome to be part of the show. And you can reach us here in the studio at 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468. If you want to be part of the show, if you have questions, if you have comments, you want to react to what we're talking about, love to hear from you. We also have uh, online, there's ways to get a hold of us in, in social media. We are uh, getting more active in the Twitter sphere. We've got three ways there. Our company Twitter handle is at Maximum VP. If you're looking for Jack Mancini, you can get him at at Jack M MVP. And if you're looking to get me, you can get me at at Adam Sonhalter. Uh, we also like emails. We get quite a few emails from the show as well, which is radio at MaximumVP.com. And last but not least, if you go to our website, MaximumVP.com forward slash how, H-O-W. We like to say that we help owners get unstuck from that state of how and there's a place there when you go to go to the website that you can fill out a little form to put your how question in um that if you'd like us to address it on the show we'd be happy to do that as well so we need lots of ways to get a hold of us lots of ways for you to be part of the show as well and we appreciate you listening whether you're listening live here on the radio or if you're one of our our podcast listeners as well we get us on itunes or stitcher wherever else you get your podcasts we you know we, we love having you be part of the show as well and when you get a chance there, please put a review into to, to iTunes if you can. If you're listening there, we'd love to to see some good good feedback there as well. So, Boy, that's a lot of ways to get hold of us. A lot of stuff there, Adam. 
You know what we've done with our our program here? We're, we we try out different uh, different formats each time. We're here weekly for one hour a week, and and we've moved to basically take current situations. In other words, over the last two days, we've probably uh, uh, well, we have. We've, we've, we've talked to and coached about 12 of our clients, eight of our clients, not 12. And we spend an hour and a half, usually a, a week with them for the most part, depending on the program they have with us. And we talk about their issues. And while they're fresh in our mind, those issues that we talked about in the last couple of days are basically what we're going to talk about on the show. So it's real live, real stuff that, that is a, a concern of, of our clients. We, we have a coaching process that we go through, and we vary from that quite often when we put the priority of the, the concerns that our clients have. And sometimes that will take up the whole time that we're meeting with them. So one of the, one of the topics that we're going to talk about today is how do you know how, coming back to the how question, how do you know you can afford an employee that looks real, real good and sort of uh, wasn't on anyone's planning pat- platform at the time? So how do we do that, Adam? How Sorry. do we know we can afford? That's right. One of the areas we spend a lot of time on is on what we call the organization plan. And I think we've, you know, we've, we haven't talked about this in a little while, but our, our seven keys to success we coach our clients on the organization plan is key number four, and uh, that's right there, smack dab in the middle of those seven keys. And uh, we'll, we'll paint a picture here for you for, for a, a client situation, like, like Jack was saying. But we've had lots of these over the you know, over the months and the years. And this particular case, uh, the client of ours, where an opportunity presented itself in the form of a a very good potential new employee. And so, see if this sounds familiar to you, where you've had the chance where somebody just again presents themselves as somebody who's now available to, to potentially join your organization. So in the case of our client, this happened to come through um, a vendor of theirs where they had somebody who'd been there for, for quite quite a number of years. But that person was looking to leave the organization. And everybody our client talked to talked about what a rock star this particular employee was. And, and because of, it was a key vendor for our client for that person to kind of come in and, and hit the ground running pretty quickly um, is, you know, was very, very attractive. Um, the, the vendor that they worked for was a pretty sizable company, and the kind of experience that this person would bring in would be just tremendous to our small business client. I think Jack mentioned in, in the open, we talk about the small business. We talk about anywhere from 1 to 25 employees, okay, in terms of size of employees. And quite often... Our clients themselves, who are the owners of the company, have never been exposed to or worked for a big company. And in fact, many of their people have not as well. And as Jack mentioned, in our backgrounds, we've, we've both spent uh, quite a number of years with some of the big corporate America, but we're small business guys at heart and have been doing this for a long time. But we know what that world looks like, and there's a lot of good things that can, can come out of it especially for somebody who's ready to leave that big corporate environment and then start to kind of come into the small business. That's, that's one of the biggest challenges uh, we have in explaining to our clients the, you know, the, the benefit of a good employee. I have good in quotes here, you know, because their experience, their, their, the characteristics of their um, uh, 
you know, just overall demeanor, their their knowledge of business. They've seen things. They've 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 seen things that a small business, a normal small business that's never had that, uh, is going to be aspiring to. And the owner quite often doesn't know what the power of a good employee, a real good employee, with the right attitude, with the right experience, what it can do. It can it can take take the place of probably two or three people in many cases if it's done well and done right. So you called this person a rock star. That's exactly right, Adam. I mean, uh, the, the, the comments about this person couldn't be more, you know, just exuberant. I mean, this person, they, they love this person. And, well, go on. I'll quit yapping. Oh, it's okay. It's, it's one of those good problems, Jack. People talk about having good problems versus maybe bad problems. And so here you are. You aren't necessarily looking for a person, but they, they present themselves. And so the, the, the question our client had is, how do, I, how do I know if I can afford this person? And, and part of the challenge is, too, is the, the, the price or the, you know, the, the salary for, the, for, for this person, if, they're, if this person gets hired, all of a sudden they'd be the highest paid person in the company. Okay, so and then we, we know again this is this is one particular client that, that we're talking about here, but this is a question and a situation we get quite often with our small business clients. We know um, that this is probably something that's probably happened to you. And, and matter of fact, you may have passed up on bringing on a good person because you couldn't think about or figure out how can I afford this person. That's really the, the, the a big big challenge with many small companies is it's that. Uh, uh, you call it the whole, the, the whole catch twenty two thing, or you know, you're, you're in that circle where how do you how do you make that that jump that leap of faith? It's uh, it, that's what it almost feels like for, for for many owners when we talk to them because the way they frame it and, and try to make a decision, it really becomes that kind of a leap of faith. It's like well, either yes or or no. And if it's a yes, it's really again they're kind of crossing their fingers, crossing their toes, and they're hoping, hoping and praying that that, that this person's going to be what they think that they're going to be or what people are telling them that this person is going to be, but they don't really know, or it's hard to get comfortable with that. Well, you, you had mentioned our seven keys to success, which is the bedrock of what we, we coach on. And uh, the, the number two of the seven keys is a profit plan. So everything ultimately comes down to money. And when we say, can we afford it, can this and this client of ours, that was what he was asking. He was asking, how can I afford this? How do I know if I can afford this person? Well, if you don't have a profit plan, if you aren't looking out ahead for several months in terms of what your revenue expenses and ultimately profit and ultimately, ultimately cash flow, it's a very difficult question to answer. Coupled with the fact that if you've never experienced it, a, a real good employee and the impact in a positive way they can have on the company, you end up not making, you as a small business owner end up not making that decision. So here's a great opportunity to improve your, your company tremendously and you forego it because it seems too expensive or you don't just feel comfortable with taking a bite out of that apple. And that's kind of crazy. Yeah, so what happens is, I'll, I'll quote Getty Lee from the band Rush here, that uh, <laughs> if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. And so that often, it, that's what happens. So you know, you'll, you'll delay and delay and delay, and this person that's presented themselves, because they're good, somebody else is going to snap them up. And so um, you know, what, what happened with, with this case, you know, as you mentioned, Jack, about some of our other keys we focus on, the profit 
profit plan and, and cash forecast. I think where people try to figure out if they can afford somebody or not, this is how uh, when we first go into companies, the way the owners, I'd say nine times out of ten, are trying to decide this. Again, it could be whether they're trying to afford to bring on a new employee or to buy a piece of equipment or make any kind of investment of any type and kind. What what they typically do is they'll go look at their bank statement. They'll, they'll, they'll log on. And, hey, is there any money in the bank? And that's exactly what, what this client said. He said, hey, you know, I don't have any money in the bank. You know, you know, you know the, right now the money had been put in, in inventory at this point in the year. Okay, so they had made some purchase. All of a sudden, there's no cash in the bank. So here you are wondering, okay, can I can I afford to bring this person on? Yeah, he loaded up an inventory, a tremendous opportunity, which you, you could see it in black and white. Right. All this opportunity was bought at a great discount, and over the next six, seven months, he's going to reap very nice profitable rewards from that. So he's wanting to know, is it, is it a good investment at this point to now maybe borrow some money? Because he you know, has a line of credit to be able to kind of tap into if need be. But again, as you look out and, and forecast, that's where it becomes very, very key. So so we wanted to kind of frame it here in the first segment as we go to our first break. We'll, we'll, we'll get into some more details about this particular case, about how to kind of go about framing this to make sure that you know that you can actually afford to bring this this new hire on board. So stay tuned for that. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we're business coaches with a company called Maximum Value Partners, MVP, Most Valuable Player. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. Hello, Adam. I'm Jack Mancini, and we are business coaches with Maximum Value Partners. We're rolling right along talking about one of our recent meetings with uh, one of our clients, and that's kind of the gist of our program now. We're going to take actual, real, live customer issues, our client issues, and sort of talk about them. We, we spend an hour and a half or so over the next day or over the past day talking to uh, six, eight of our clients, and we're going to kind of share their stories without telling you who they are. They always try to guess who they are. But the clients or the, the, the situations with small business owners are so common that it's absolutely amazing. We've been doing this for we've been doing this business coaching for 15 years, and we can almost predict when we walk into a place what kind of questions are going to be asked. So we have the solutions because we've been through it so many times. So this is one of those situations that we're talking about. What are we talking uh, about here, Adam? Right, Jack. <laughs> Uh, tack on that point for a second. It's funny. Probably four times out of five, uh, we have you know our clients are avid listeners to this program as well. And probably four times out of five, well, they'll say, "Hey, you guys were talking about me this week, weren't you?" And we go, "Which case?" And they mention the case. We go, "No, that actually wasn't you." I know it sounds like you, but it's not. So again, it helps to reinforce what we talk about. That again, the situation that that, that you're going through as an owner of a small company, there's a lot of similarities out there to what other folks are doing. So yeah, we've uh, seen them. We we've seen so much without yeah. being boastful or sounding boastful. There's very little that we haven't seen, and, and uh, we could frame your issues and give you solutions like you never thought before. All right, so our, our topic for, for today's show is, is, is the how question of how do you know, or how do I know if I can afford that new hire? And so we're, we're painting the picture of a client of ours who had an opportunity presented itself with this, this rock star potential uh, new employee to come on board. And a couple things. Uh, you know, our client wasn't actually looking for, for somebody at this point. 
Um, and as we're going to break, we talked about you know kind of where he was from a cash standpoint, kind of cash poor at this point. You know, given that he just made some investments and in, in some inventory, and looking at his bank account and not seeing a bunch of money in there, which is often how people will, will try to frame, hey, can I afford to bring this person on or not? And that's you know, it could be for bringing on a person or making an investment of some some type and kind. So. We had a very good discussion with our client about this, kind of talked about how to frame it and try to figure things out. And from our standpoint, one of the first things we, that we talked about was, okay, well, how do we know what this person's going to do? You know, is there a need? Is there a role for this person to fill? Because, again, you know, when, when you're out looking for somebody, you've got a, a job description pulled together, you're out actively looking and searching for somebody, and they present themselves. That's one thing. But if you aren't looking for somebody at this point, but, the, the, again, a good person presents themselves, there's a – it's a good thing to spend a little time trying to figure out, okay, if I plug this person in, what what could they do? Sure. And what, what tends to happen, and we talk about this in, in general terms, that when you have a good person, they can often replace two or three people who aren't so good. And that may sound very difficult to believe if you haven't seen it before, but for for, for those clients ours who've been with us, been with us for, for, for a while have seen that happen in their business, and I, I know many of you listening have seen that as well, where, again, that good person comes in, and, and, and in terms of just their, their skills and ability, their attitude, the way that they get things done, they can really replace a couple people. And so when you look at them being, I guess, quote-unquote, more expensive, people will talk about, hey, this, this person seems expensive because their, their, their salary requirements are going to be more than anybody else may be paying. It is a great investment because, again, they, they can be very, very efficient, uh, add a lot of value to the company. And so it starts with, okay, where could this person kind of fit in? And what what happened here is there, there are a couple of things in terms of as we started to kind of talk through some areas that our, our client was looking to kind of plan out, especially going into you know going into into next year, was trying to figure out okay, can I you know pluck certain roles or ideas maybe that he had for other people to kind of maybe do some new things to be able to bring this person in quickly all of a sudden. They can get started on some. That's usually the, the key. Is you aren't going to be able to kind of lay out here's what they what they're going to do for the next you know three years kind of thing. But hey, if that first ninety days, that first six months, here are some some tremendous needs we've got. And, and again, it's not a need necessarily today, but it's going to be a need three months, six months from now. So if you bring them out a little bit early, it's okay because again, they're they're, they're going to get up to speed more quickly. But it was again for, for, for this particular case. It started to get clarity very quickly about what's going on. So we were in the process with, with, with this client of doing something that we do with many of our clients, which is, which is putting together a functional organization chart. So let me say that again, a functional organization chart. It's, it's, it's quite a challenge for most people, by the way. But basically, your company is doing things. For the most part, we aren't talking startups. We're talking companies that are established, and they may be... They may be uh, running for four or five years, or a couple of years anyway. They're doing things. They're hiring people. They're meeting payrolls. They're making profits, hopefully. They're doing stuff. Well, all that stuff should be put down. That's that's the essence of what Adam's talking about here with a functional org chart, the functions that are going on to run your company every day and keep moving it forward. Yeah, so one of the one of the challenges with with small companies usually if we go in, I'd say probably half have some version of an organization chart that that they whether it's current or not they, they they've gone through uh, an exercise like this to a certain extent. But usually what they do is they put together an organization chart that has the names of the people who are part of the organization. 
So if they've got eight or nine employees, they've got a chart that has eight or nine people on it. Okay. And typically they've got some different job titles. And one of the one of our favorites, um, Jack, is uh, is is the title of office manager. It's almost like the whole you know, one of your favorite accounting terms, which is miscellaneous. That's right. right? It's one of those catch-alls, and nobody knows what it means. Right. So we, the, whoever is the office <laughs> manager does all the stuff that nobody nobody wants to do and hasn't taken the time to sit down and identify it. So yeah, we've you know, we've we've seen hundreds of office managers in our time, and and, and no two have, have ever been the same in terms of what they do. There may be some 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 commonality. Maybe half what they do is is, is pretty common. Maybe two thirds of it is. But they're each kind of unique in terms of what's kind of going on. You know, to, to Jack's point, depending on the on the organization, what the people do or don't want to do <laughs> will, will vary in terms of what they enjoy kind of doing. So inevitably, it gets kind of thrown. That's that stuff gets thrown over that over that wall to the to, to the office manager to kind of handle. So you got to appreciate from a small company standpoint versus a big company standpoint. Um, when it comes to trying to, to trying to define what people are doing. Most people are doing multiple functions. We talk about the functional org chart. So they're, they're, they're doing many different jobs because that's what required. If you talk to a small business owner or people who are in that world, they'll often talk about how they wear many hats. That's, that's what they're referring to. And taking off hat one and putting on hat two and then putting on hat three and then putting on hat four. And that can go um, day to day, within the day, hour to hour, depending on what's kind of going on. All of a sudden, hey, I'm going from a sales call over here. Now all of a sudden, I'm collecting money over here. All of a sudden, I'm sending out invoices over here. I'm sitting down to to to, to reprimand a uh, an employee over here. Whatever. All of a sudden, they're, they're bouncing around during the course of the day, putting on going from again from the accounting to the sales role to the HR role, and also now I'm going and, and fixing it, fixing a production problem. Very very typical, not only for the owner of the business, but for many of the people within the business to kind of do it that way. So that can create. A ton of confusion in and of itself, and so hey, to, to bring on a new person to to do what? So coming back to our client here, okay. So what we what we've been talking to them for for a little while about getting this functional work chart pulled together. And as you might imagine, it's not usually the first thing that many clients want to do, right? Delve into all the stuff and start to you know start to engage a team and say, hey, what is it exactly that you do here? And that's uh, that's a great phrase for. Always a good good question to ask. It it really is a good question to ask. Anytime. Well, for those of you who are fans of the movie uh, Office Space, you know Jack and I often get accused of uh, or, or being the Bobs. So if you've seen that, if you've seen that movie, you haven't seen that movie. If you just, you, you could probably Google the Bobs, and that's one of the things that they do. They, what exactly is it that you do here, right? That's the question so, that we ask. Yeah. Right. So. right. So instead of us doing that, we talk to our to our our, our, our clients about it and say, hey, look, let's get your team engaged here a little bit in terms of. What stuff's going on day to day? And usually, again, as the owner, the owner usually has a pretty good idea. They could probably lay out 80% of what, of what their team does. But there's things that your team's doing that maybe, maybe you're not aware of or maybe you think or th- that they're doing but they really aren't doing or somebody else is doing. Or maybe things aren't getting done. And maybe that could be you know, caused what some of, the, some of the challenges are. But picture getting that laid out. You know, whether you got a big whiteboard, you know, Jack and I are very big fans of whiteboards. So if you get it laid out on a whiteboard with everybody's name and, and, and they have a column there, here's all the stuff that's going on. There's probably maybe 50, 80, 100 different items that are, that are being done day to day. Can it, fill that it, board up? Yeah, some very small, some some daily, some weekly, some monthly, like legal. Legal isn't every day, usually. Uh, when it comes up, somebody's assigned for that that title of legal. Uh 
it's, it's funny how someone will, an owner will refer to the bookkeeper as somebody who just does payables and receivables, and they can't understand how that person has so much to do. Right. Uh, that's right. where it overlaps <laughs> with the office manager. And when you start to lay out things that are done, all of a sudden you fill pages or you fill boards up. And it's always very instructive and interesting when embraced right. Yes, it is. So we'll, we'll, we'll hold that thought as we, as we head to our, to our next break here. When we come back, we'll delve a little bit more into this whole idea of the functional org chart and how that can be very, very helpful for you. So stay tuned. I'm Adam Sonhalter. I'm Jack Mancini, and uh, we're business coaches helping small business owners get unstuck from a state of how. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio. WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at WINTradio.com. All right, we're back here again on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Welcome back to our show. I'm Adam Sonhalter. Hello, Adam. I'm Jack Mancini. Hello, Jack. And uh, we are business coaches. We've been together doing this stuff for over 15 years. We help small business owners get unstuck from a state of how. And I got to believe you as a business owner, sometimes you feel your feet squooshing through this little tar pit that you're stuck in. Hey, we help people get unstuck from that tar pit. That's a good positive image, Jack. I like that. So <clears throat> lots of ways to, to be part of the show. Either when we're live here in the studio, you want to get a hold of us here, you can give us a call at 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468. We also uh, love to hear from you on the Twittersphere. We have our company handle at, at MaximumVP. If you're looking for Jack Mancini, you can get him at, at JackMMVP. And if you want to get me, you can get me at, at Adam Sonhalter. Email is always good as well. We get a lot of comments on email, which is radio at MaximumVP.com. And Jack mentioned the how piece. We go to our website, MaximumVP.com forward slash how, H-O-W. Nice little form will pop up there for you to submit your comments, questions, whatever you want to do if you want to be part of the show but don't want to kind of call in. We'd love to take your, your feedback that way as well. So the how question we've been, we've been delving into today is how do I know I can afford to hire that, that new person? And as we've kind of framed it up, one of the things that, that, that our client was having a challenge with was because this person just presented themselves as an opportunity. It wasn't something that, 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 that our client was, act, was actively looking for yet. So we talk about this whole power of having a functional org chart kind of laid out. And as we were heading to break, we talked about you know, visualizing having, whether it be a, a, a whiteboard or if you have a bunch of big flip chart pages with, with each of your, 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 your team's names on you know, each page or, or a column on the whiteboard that lists out. And there's going to be probably hundreds of, of, of items that are going to be there that list out all things that are being done as part, as part of your organization. So you've got things in front of you where you're, you're going to have 80, 90% of what's being done. is going to be captured there. It's very powerful to have that stuff. So picture taking those hundred or, or, or you know hundred plus items, and starting to categorize them into different functional roles. So Jack was giving an example in terms of maybe you have some accounts payable or accounts receivable type stuff. Okay, there's gonna be different duties that that that, 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 that get there. So when I say accounts payable clerk, what does that mean? And so in my mind, it might, might be one thing, and Jack's maybe something different. In a small business owner client, you know, mine's something totally different. So get it laid out. Here are the three or four or five key duties that are part of that you know, part of that function. But so you, you have these hundreds of different items that are there and you start to group them in. What will happen is you'll probably be able to group them into, you know, a couple dozen, maybe 30 or so boxes. And so here are kind of functional roles that, that, that we're <laughs> going to call it. And as, as I was saying before, when you have a small business, let's say you've got eight employees, 
Well, if I got 30 boxes, eight employees, what's going to happen? Well, we got to have people in multiple boxes. And where this becomes very powerful, especially for the owners, when we go through this, this, this exercise, they start to realize why they feel so overwhelmed or why maybe some of their key people feel so overwhelmed that all of a sudden out of those eight employees, you know, maybe you've got a couple of them that, are, that have their names in 10 of those boxes or eight of those boxes saying, holy cow, there's a lot of things there. And what tends to happen as part of the business as you start to kind of grow, um, what was a once a week, maybe for an hour or maybe as an hour a day kind of thing, has now maybe grown into more of a full-time role, or at least maybe it's a half, maybe it's a four or five hour a day or, or, or 10 hour a week kind of thing. So those functions, and as you have more things happening, what was easy to take on early on in the business becomes more burdensome as you grow, because again, there's more things that become part of it. If I have more customers and I'm, and I'm in charge of doing the invoicing, okay, well, instead of sending out you know, 10 invoices a week or 10 invoices a month, now I'm sending out 100. Or 50. Well, much, right? much of the work involved is, is trying to develop systems. I'm not just talking about uh, uh, computer systems, but systems of handling growth, handling problems. That's usually the, you know, management is, is charged with basically dealing with the exceptions and putting in place something that, that basically should be smoothly operated. So if you as the owner are doing things you know, in, in multiple boxes, which is not unusual for a small business owner, that can screw up communications. It can create problems in the company. And unless those things are straightened out, all of a sudden people are responding in a very disjointed way. And that's where so many problems in a small business, especially big big companies have issues in a, in a whole different way. But that's where many of the problems basically uh, are, are domiciled, and basically that creates issues that can be resolved by going through this process. So uh, when I come back to this, this client situation now, so when, when Jack and I came into the conference room, it was nice. We, had, we, we, we walked in, and here was a listing of probably 100 items on, on the board by, by person. Okay, So as we were having this discussion, again, the, the keep in mind we're trying to frame, we have this rock star potential employee presented themselves as an opportunity to, hey, do you want to hire this person or not? And we're trying to figure out what's this person going to do. So in the matter of probably a 20-minute discussion, it went from trying to, you know, from the owner kind of freaking out about, you know, not sure I can afford this person or what this person would do, to having a pretty good handful of items in terms of roles that this person could do coming in pretty quickly. And that not only that from day one, but also, hey, if, if, if these three or four things go pretty well, hey, three months from now, this person might be able to jump into this as well or this. So all of a sudden you go from feeling anxious or nervous or maybe overwhelmed by the opportunity to where you get excited about it. And you can start to see, hey, I can now see if this person's here, here's the kind of things that they're going to do and be able to add some value very, very quickly. Sure. Okay? I, can, I can free my time up as the owner to do these things that are, are uh, significant to the company and its future where I just haven't had time to really do it. And I can see maybe eliminating somebody or re realigning their duties to, to do something else. And what happens most, since I, as the owner of a small business, has never experienced a real good person, all of a sudden, six months after this person's hired, it's almost transformative for what, uh, what kind of things we can do and the attitude and the energy that comes in because problems that this person has has experience in in working basically is added quickly to the company 
It's that lack of experience so often that just does not resolve problems in your company. You just keep going through it again and again and again, and you try to find solutions, and they're usually uh, closed doors when you get into them. Right. And, the, and the, you know, and this role, this was, a, this was a role for a person that wasn't going to be, let's say, billable, per se. It's very obvious to see, hey, if I come in and all of a sudden we, get, we have more orders coming Manning in. Manning overhead here, right? Yeah, right. So, you know, if I bring somebody in, that they're going to be resulting directly in, in new business, so I can see that, or, you know, we have backlog of stuff. Wait, I'm, I'm, I'm adding overhead, and I'm looking at their whole salary and compensation is one big lump that somehow <laughs> i got to pay off rather than look at the way this is manageable, and this this goes to the heart of how do you make this decision about hiring a, an employee like this, is basically you put them on a 90-day trial area. So if they're making 50 or 70,000 bucks, you're going to take three months of that annual salary, and that's what you're risking. And if this person turns out to be a bozo, then you part company. But I guarantee you, if you've done your homework in, in looking at this person, and they truly are a rock star, just those 90 days are going to add solutions to, to your company that you never thought possible. That's a, good, that's a good point, Jack. So instead of making a sixty or seventy or $80,000 decision, you're making a 15000 or $20,000 decision, right? Right, and it's way more palatable, way, way more palatable. And that's a big deal. So for this client, as we got a the kind of the role kind of doped out so to speak you know a big chunk of it was more again we're calling it overhead because it wasn't directly leading to sales right away but as he was defining the role you could see that wait there's a there's a customer service component a customer education component to this and it's something that our client had talked about for for quite some time where he felt that hey we can sell more stuff or again by servicing our clients better we could sell them more stuff that's going to help them and help us too but the current sales team in place wasn't able to do that. They didn't have, they didn't have the skills or the time or the ability to do it. This person could come in and actually, hey, they could probably start to increase your sales and profits, maybe not day one, but certainly very quickly in the first month or two. And, and it's just starting to see that. And, and a lot of things that, that, that Jack mentioned earlier in the show here in terms of the, what the good person brings, there's, it's hard to quantify that on day one. And, and you know, to your point, Jack, you know usually in the first 30 days, if this person's a good right. person or not. Yeah, right. it, it doesn't take 90 days to flesh it out. And so you, you have a sense of here's what they can kind of do. They come in and they start to kind of get things figured out. So if you can figure out what the person's going to do, that's the first. That's that first step. And so usually if, if you have that functional work chart or, or a version of that, if you got the, 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 the basis of that, you have those, you know, all the duties kind of listed out, you can go from being anxious or worried about it to you start to get excited. Hey, I can see where this person can plug in and add almost, in, almost instant value to the organization. So, what we then do is we start to then plug in as you're going into your jack in terms of how do you you know how do you know if you can afford this person or not. So looking at as we know, most people don't have a profit plan in place. Okay, which, which that's right, which is very difficult to make decisions of any kind without that. Because if they if they are, then the way the way people usually will go is they'll look at their bank account, and so. The profit plan again, as you know, is is uh, those of your loyal listeners know, we use that term instead of the the, the the awful word of a budget, okay? But it's it's the the profit plan of forecasting out my sales and expenses for the next twelve months. If you have that, you can plug in this person. You know, to your point, Jack, I'm not plugging in seventy thousand or eighty thousand dollars today for this person. I'm plugging in maybe six thousand for that person for this month or for next month. And so you sort of plug it in and see, what, you know, where is that? So what does that mean for your business? If all of a sudden you're adding five, six, seven thousand bucks a month in expenses, how does that get covered? Is that one more customer for you? Is that ten more customers? For you? you know, 
What's that look like? If you're able to be more efficient, as I was, as I was mentioning earlier, a good person comes in and they often can replace a couple right. people who it's, aren't very it's, good. It's not daunting. It's not nearly as daunting when you break it up and look at it like that. It's almost the risk worth taking if you feel so emotionally charged with this person and you love their background and we, uh, you know, we, we kind of vet it a little bit or a lot of it, you know, that, hey, the, you'd be crazy not to take a chance with this person. The chance from a financial standpoint is often way, way more palatable. And that's important because so many people don't make that decision because they've never hired somebody and and invested in, in a person like they would a piece of equipment uh, for their company. That's the way you got to look at it. Yeah, so we start to kind of look and plug it in. So the overall plan. So picture having that forecast, uh, forecasting out your revenues and expenses by month um, for the next 12 months, or at least for the next three months, six months, as you're trying to be able to make a decision here and see how that person <clears> plugs in. What kind of investment are we talking about? So if they're able to... Um, to add some value to be able to help, whether it be increased sales. Hey, I don't know how to. I don't know how to do that, Adam. I mean, that's all a bunch of nonsense here. I might as well go down to Jack Casino and and put money on black on the roulette wheel or something. I don't know how to. Those numbers are crazy, aren't they? The forecasted numbers, yeah. We get that. <laughs> we get that a lot in terms of people who aren't sure how to forecast the business out, whether they be in a. Uh, a service business, a you know, a manufacturing business, whether they be in a uh, uh, a retail business, and there's ways to make that start to happen. And we don't have time before the break here, Jack, to kind of get into. It. We'll get get on this on the, on the other side of it. But again, the idea of trying to forecast those things out. If you have a chance, grab your 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 latest profit and loss statement while we're here at break, and when we come back, we can kind of kind of walk you through a little bit. How do you start to kind of forecast those things out? It's very important though to help you and try to make a decision. To have that in place, much like we're, we're describing that that big whiteboard with all the activities listed out there. Okay, well, the the the, the profit and loss statement is another way to see all the activity kind of going on in the form of in the, in the form of your numbers. And so having that to be able to frame that decision versus just looking at your bank account and see if you have money in the bank or not, it's a very good way to make that start to happen. So you got to be able to frame things those ways. And if you're able to do that and do that well, you can now make a decision to be very, very comfortable with it. So when we come back from break, we'll talk more about how do you kind of get that plan together a little bit and. Uh, Stay tuned for that. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. We are business coaches that help you get unstuck from that tar pit that your your bare feet are getting more and more kind of, it's being oozed between your toes as you stick down there trying to answer all those how questions. We can answer them. Those are really dirty secrets. All right, so stay tuned for more of the dirty secrets. Uh, Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at com. All right, welcome back to our final segment here of today's show on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. As we have been saying, we are business coaches with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. We help owners of small companies, defined as 1 to 25 employees in any business, get unstuck from their state of how. All those endless how questions that run through a small business owner's mind on a daily basis. We've been there. We've done that. We've counseled many over in our 15 years of doing this stuff, and uh, we'd love to solve your problems too. So we've been focusing on a, a question here we had with a client recently in terms of how do I know I can afford to hire this new person? And uh, as a person that was going to be pretty expensive in, in, in this client's terminology in terms of you know they'd come in as being the highest paid person in the company. 
and they'd be kind of, uh, Jack mentioned the word overhead. So it wouldn't be necessarily tied into directly to, to, to production or bring in, you know, in a sales role where they could be billed out. You can see new revenue come right away. It's going to be adding to the, the overall cost of the business. I don't know how I could ever in a, a million years make that decision without having some type of forecast of profit and cash flow. You're, you're hoping and praying. people do, Jack. They kind of roll that dice. You mentioned going to the casino, right? I'd rather go there. I'd rather go there than try to run a company without a, a projection of profit and cash flow. It's my expenses, my sales, and to so many people who have never done it, it's it's the key to success. How well you can forecast and execute that forecast is pretty well dependent on how your company is going to go. It's a common thing. So again, we're here to re- reveal a lot of these dirty secrets of small business, and it's a, it's a secret. People figure that most owners have this stuff in place, especially if you've been running your company for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. People assume that these things are in place. And one of the things that good people do, especially good people, as we mentioned in this case, it's a, a person from, from a bigger corporation, they've often been exposed to the, the planning that, that we're talking about, to be able to kind of lay things out and forecast things out. So as we're trying to frame this, uh, we touched on here a little earlier in the show too, we always frame our, our, our guidance and advice to our clients as it relates to our seven keys to success. And if you look on our website, go to MaximumVP.com, there's a, there's a menu there for the MVP playbook. And if you click on the seven keys to success, you'll see a nice little visual there that kind of lays them out. We've been focused primarily on three of them. The, uh, the profit plan, which is number two, the organization plan, which is number four, and the cash flow, cash forecasting, which is number six. So two, four, and six are key things to be able to make a decision like this in terms of when it comes to hiring a person. So on the organizational plan front, we talked about the idea of getting it laid out. What's, what's this person going to do? Because in the case of our client here, this, 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 this rock star potential employee presented themselves before our client was actually out looking for somebody. So we had to figure out, okay, what's this person going to do? So getting those duties laid out in terms of what could this person do? So we got that piece taken care of. So it's, it's clear, and this is, this is, there's a role we can see this person coming in and starting to do. That's great. Okay, so now I want this person to come on board. I have an idea what it's going to cost me. It's going to be, it's going to be relatively expensive because, again, it's going to be, become the highest paid person besides the owner and the business. How do I afford this? And so as we're going to break, Jack was saying, hey, you know, this whole idea of a profit plan and forecasting things out, how, how can you do that? It, you know, it's so difficult to do. Or it's a bunch of baloney. You know, people, you know, you can't really forecast what's going to happen in my business. And we always talk to our clients about it. Again, no matter what kind of company you have, if you've been around for a little while, you've got some ability to forecast stuff. That's if, right. If you were to do absolutely nothing other than what you've been doing, the phone's going to ring. You've got current clients and past clients that are there. You're going to have some business, okay? So it's not a startup we're talking about. This is you know, an ongoing ex- existing company. So it's going to be some sort of business. So what level of business do you have? So you kind of start there. Okay, you know, if we do nothing today, Jack, what, you know, what's going to happen? Is so we get a number there and say, okay, we can plug this number in. If you start to, if you, if if you're continuing to kind of grow and, and and try some other marketing activities to be able to kind of grow and and bring new things in, you might have some additional business that that comes in or have different strategies. But start, you start with forecasting. You start with whatever your current year is going to be. So what's this this year look like? So I asked when when we were going to break here. To, to go pull out your, your most recent profit and loss statement. So hopefully you had a chance to go, to go do that. If not, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, put it on pause, go on to your QuickBooks things, and just get, get your, your current P&L in front of you, your current year-to-date P&L in front of you. Be curious to see what you, what you, what you think, what's that look like. But as you're looking at that, you can, you can see that. You'll see top line. You'll see your, 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 your income, as, as it's called on, on, uh, on QuickBooks. It's really your sales, your revenue, that top line. What's that look like? 
All your expenses should be listed there. Typically, it's going to be a couple of pages of expenses. And at the bottom, we should have our net profit, net income. Okay. So picture be able to have that laid out and forecast it. Because what you're looking at now in terms of your P&L from your accounting software is what's happened in the past. What we're saying is let's now look at and project that out in the future. Well, once that's done, once that's done without getting too deep into the weeds, now you've got a tool that you can make decisions with. Now, to what degree do you believe in your forecast? Well, if you're monitoring it each month or each quarter and you're, you're taking the variables that Adam just described and you're, you're checking how well you did, you're going to be surprised at how, how good you can be in forecasting. And with that, you can then make a decision on hiring this rock star. It becomes a very easy decision because you aren't risking, again, the whole annual salary and benefits with this person. You're going to take it on board and you can see, well, hey, this this isn't going to disrupt uh, my first quarter or second quarter or whatever period I, I want to bring this person in. So it becomes a much easier decision. And that's what I was saying before. I cannot imagine making this decision without having a tool like that. And I think a lot of small business owners pass that that uh, opportunity up because they can't make the decision because they don't have that tool. Right. It's a, it's almost that simple. So what they often have, as we've mentioned, I'll mention it again because it's important for us to repeat stuff, is they're, they're often looking at, at, the, at their cash balance today. And so I mentioned cash flow forecasting is a big deal. And, and, and many of our clients have, have seasonal businesses where there's some seasonality of the business. So if you're coming in and, and maybe you're, you know, you know this, is all, this is usually how it works, right? And this is the case for a client where the, the, the person presented themselves at a time of year where they're going into a, going into a quarter that usually is a, is a losing quarter for them, okay? So again, here it is. Isn't always the case, right? It's, it's, instead of being cash rich and, and, and things looking good for the next quarter, this is the quarter of the year that they know typically is either break even or they tend to lose money there, right? So now I'm going to make a decision to lose more money in that quarter, Jack, because I'm, I'm going to bring this person on board. Versus, what are you, what are you crazy? Adam? Right. Why would I do that? <laughs> right. right. Versus looking at the overall plan for the next 12 months. And a big part of the profit plan we talk about, the reason we use the term profit plan, folks, instead of, of a budget, is we're planning to make a profit. So we plug this person in with that's the right. idea you, that... You, that's right. You as a business <laughs> owner, what, what are you doing there if you own a company? What, what's your purpose for being in business, even if you're a nonprofit? You have to have revenues exceeding expenses. So, yeah, I mean it's pretty straightforward, isn't it? <laughs> Depends. I, I was watching. <laughs> Depends on who we're talking I, to. I watched a few minutes of Dodgeball over the weekend again. I had that that great scene I love with um with, with the with all the tax return with all his expenses and stuff in the in the closet, right? <laughs> and the the, the 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 lawyer from the bank says, "Do you realize you haven't charged anybody for 13 months? You haven't charged them, you know, their 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 fees, you know, for for being part of the gym." Like, are you doing that on purpose or, you know, what's kind of going on? And, well, hey, his response was, hey, you know, I find that if, if you have goals, it becomes difficult. If you don't have any goals, you don't get disappointed by, by not reaching your goals. <laughs> she kind of scratched her head and said, well, I guess that kind of makes sense in some, some weird sort of way, right, in terms of that. So I think a lot of owners, are, again, you know, that uh, Peter LaFleur, who's the owner of Average Joe's Gym, I think he, he encompasses a lot. Again, it takes it to the extreme, but he encompasses a lot of where – Small business owners are. It's one of the things I really love about that movie. Again, you know, um, the fact that it's it's funny in many, many other senses. But as a, as a, as knowing small business owners and loving them as we do, that that encapsulates a lot of things. And then 
the banker coming in, they can't believe that, that, that somebody would operate this way, right? It's just, it's a, it's a common thing, folks. It really is. But there's a lot of company. You're right. So having that tool, as you said, you know, in place, Jack, to be able to kind of forecast out, look, hey, if if I bring this person on, are they going to you know reduce dollar for dollar? So if I have an eighty thousand dollar person coming in for the course of the year, does that mean that my profits going to be reduced by eighty thousand for the entire year? Or again, are they going to are they going to add some value to the organization? We're contesting that they're going to add quite a bit of value to the organization, and then what tends to happen is they come on board if they aren't able to add or if things aren't able to grow. Well, who's the person you're going to if you have to make some reductions? Well, this is a good person. Chances are you aren't going to get rid of this person. There's probably some other folks who are there that could be moved along. Maybe aren't quite adding so much to the organization as as this person would be. And so you're able to, to find ways to be able to kind of make profit or be able to increase your profit, but doing it from a global standpoint to be able to see that. So having this profit plan tool in place <laughs> is a key. As Jack said, if, if we don't have that in place, you know, it's hard for us to comprehend how, how owners do it, but they, they, they do it. They, they roll the dice. They take a leap of faith. I would say more often than not, they don't make the decision to bring this good person on. You know, the the, the, the percentages of companies that don't make it after X years are high, and it's high because they don't get a lot of good people. All right. So it's important yeah. to, be able to be able to have that figured out because if, if you have that, you know, to your point, Jack, it's a, it's a never-ending cycle. If you don't have a good person or you keep passing it up, you can never get on board, and you kind of keep missing and keep missing it. So you got to have those right tools in place. So you got to have a functional org chart. Let's, let's do a quick review for the show ends there, Jack. We need that functional org chart that lays out what the people are going to be doing. It's important to understand where your cash forecast looks like. And it's also very important to have that profit plan in place to be able to forecast out for the next 12 months what's the impact of this person being part of the organization. It's not taking that $80,000 decision and putting it in today. It's spreading out over the next 12 months and seeing what the impact is going to be. And can they help me save costs or can they help me increase sales or, or increase profitability in different ways? But be able to have that kind of global approach to kind of seeing it. So. Hopefully, if you're faced with that kind of situation, we've given you some good guidance here in today's show to kind of take care of that. We want to thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I invite you to tune in every Wednesday. If you have any questions before our next show, you can email them at radio at MaximumVP.com or give us a call, 877-849-0670. All right, Adam. This is uh, wrap-up time. We're Maximum Value Partners, Business Coaches, MVP. We love small business owners, and we have great success with them when they stay coachable. Learn more dirty secrets of small business next Wednesday. Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. 